Day 41. Back. Second day in Deuteronomy. Man, man it's, it's good different. Have, this is different than numbers, dog. Man, it's good to have MJ back too, man. Right. You know? Hey, I, like I appreciate Scotty, it. Man. Oh, man, this is fun. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're in Deuteronomy 5 uh, coming off the first four chapters. We transitioned um, in Deuteronomy 5 into what is called the covenant stipulations, right? So at first we were in the historical prologue where Moses recounts the history. He's like, yo, be good historians. Never forget what happened. And right, now right. history goes into legislation where Moses is like, all right, now that you know what happened and we remember, uh-huh. let's talk about how to live out this covenant. Let's right. talk about how to be faithful. Yeah. And one of the things that he says at the beginning of five is like, yo, God made a covenant with you. Right. right he didn't. Right. And this is, remember, this is the second generation that's about to come into the land. And he doesn't say he made it with the first generation, right? Like, right. so basically God's plan all along was to bring you into the land. And by making the covenant with your fathers, it was with you because uh-huh. the covenant was passed down from generation to generation. That's good. And the promise to Abraham was always for his offspring yeah. right, mm. to enter the land. And so, yeah, we come here to the Ten Commandments yep. and how we faithfully live that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then what I love is like when we tend to think of commandments, the first thing that always comes to our mind is what, what, what? But I think um, what scripture is going to teach us is that uh, the rules aren't the most important thing. The relationship is, right? The relationship comes before the rules. The rules are just meant to shape the relationship. So you get to chapter six and God gives another command, but it's a troublesome command. He gives a command to love, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And mm. that's a command of the affections, right? It's not just yeah. accepting that God is Lord, but applauding that God um, is Lord. So when it comes to these commands, the most important thing is not what, but why, right? Yeah. And, and, and so here's what I mean, right? Here is the difference between accepting God's commands and loving God. Uh, God, it's the difference between a recital and a concert, right? Mm. So I played trumpet uh, in sixth grade and we would have these recitals. Um, And at the recital, parents come, musicians, right? Or kids, they get up there and play. And after they play, uh, the parents clap, right? They have to clap even though the music is trash, right? Your your child is not Mozart. so music is played, people clap at a recital. But at a concert, I mean, we we went to see Bruno Mars years and years ago, and that yeah. boy can sing. That's a concert. Now, right. after music played for him, people clapped. But it was a different kind of clapping than we saw at the recital. That's good. The recital, it was obligatory. You had to. Um, mm. At the concert, it was beautiful. You yeah. wanted to. It was the reflex of the soul that sees something great. So when God commands us to love, it's not because God is a sixth grade trumpet player and can't get people to clap for him. God commands our affections because our hearts are constantly going after things mm. that are wrong, things that are false, and he wants to reroute them. But once you really see God for who he is, this is in his next part where he's like, yo, with your kids, make sure, right, that when you stand, that when you walk, that when you lie down, that when you get up, 
you talk. Like his thing is, I'm just going to give you every position that your body can actually be in. And I want <laughs> you to be reminded that at all times you talk about the beauty of God, because that's what you do when something is beautiful. Man, after we went to a concert, yo, um, I just found myself saying, yeah, yo, I'm lying down on the floor. And it's like, yo, yo, as I lie down, uh, I remember this concert that I went to did. I would tell you about this <laughs> concert or as we walk yeah. i'm like yo uh bruno mars walked when he was on stage did i have to tell you about the concert that i went to and so it's yeah the beauty of god is just meant to sink so deeply into our soul that yeah. yo everybody that is around us always hears us talk about the beauty of god and that's the like mm. why right god saying make sure that they know the why not just the what that's yeah, so good. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, in Deuteronomy, basically what you're going to get in certain sections is like an exposition of right. the Ten Commandments. So, like, this is how we live right. out the first commandment. Right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. do not have any other guys before me means love me with all right. of your right? heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, that's so good. Absolutely. Um, there's so much we can say about chapter six, which is this big. Yeah. And it's this, it was the center of Jewish faith. And to this day, Jews still pray the Shema. Right. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, twice a day. Yeah. Right. And so moving into chapter 7, this may have given you a little bit of uh, just kind of like curiosity, like what is this? What is going on? Right. So basically, Deuteronomy 7 is what uh, theologians would call the harem or the ban or holy war. I've mentioned that before. There's a lot of different ways to talk about it, but it basically speaks of the dispossession and destruction of the Canaanites. And, um, you know, God uh, makes this covenant with Abraham, and part of the covenant with Abraham was that his people after him would be in Egypt for 400 years. Right. Because the fullness of the, the, the iniquity of the Amorites had not reached its full measure, meaning yeah. their sinfulness hadn't bubbled over into where God was ready to judge them. Right. And so here um, we have the people of God coming into the land primarily to dispossess them. But why? You have to ask why things are, not right. just what they are, right? right? And it's because of their idolatry, yeah. right? And the Bible says in 7.5 that the Israelites are to tear down their altars, smash their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their carved images. Right. And so what God is doing, no, no, he's judging unrepentant, right? Right? Uh, idolatry in the Canaanites and right. he's using Israel as a means of judgment. Absolutely. And yeah, God is impartial. So Israel's yeah. going to get it too. Absolutely. That when they do the same thing, what God will do is he's specifically going to use a nation to yeah, judge them. So they're not exempt from. Absolutely not. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the thing that's, that's crazy is like, like you said, Israel can get it too. But I will just say, like, man, this is not for us to go out <laughs> right, right. and proclaim war on people saying we're right. God's yeah. people, right? We're, we're doing this. No, that's not. This text has been applied terribly in the past. This is in context of covenant, right? Right. Um, this is the unfolding of the Abrahamic and the Mosaic covenant. And the thing here is that, like we always see throughout the scriptures, there is always mercy in God's judgment. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you turn to Joshua chapter 2, and the spies come, I mean, not the spies, the Israelites come into the land. Right. Rahab is like, oh, I believe, I believe. <laughs> right? It's like, uh, what's the movie? Um, uh, Dream Girls. <laughs> when they was trying to destroy all the spies, he's like, black on, black on, black on. Right, right, I know right. this So Rahab is saved. Yeah. Because she has faith. Yeah. Right? And, and, and she even goes on to say like, yo, we heard about what God did in Egypt. We know so it. 
So it wasn't even about people not having a, re- right. a chance to respond in faith. Yep, yep, they yep. had a chance to respond. Just like right. people in Egypt had a chance to respond. Right. So don't come at me with the God is just this bully. and No. Genocide. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no that's that not stuff, what he that's, does. That's terrible, man. Right. Like We have to read the text carefully. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? And be honest about what it does and does not say. We should do an extra credit next week when we do that. Um, me and yeah. Keith, a couple years ago, wrote this five-part series, God and Genocide. And so let's mm-hmm. turn it into extra credits uh, for next week for folks to tune in. Yeah, that'd be good. All right. Deuteronomy 7 and 8, we'll just kind of land this plane right here. Uh, if God's commands are not about what but why, Deuteronomy 7 is God's choice of us is not about why but who, right? Yep. So mm. the main point here is uh, God's going to say to them, listen, God didn't choose you because you was all that, right? You are great. You are valuable. Uh, but we don't go to God and say, God, why me? Why did you choose me? The why is not important. The who that made the choice is what gives us value. And God's going to go on to say, listen, because I don't ever change, you never have to fear any circumstance or scenario that comes your way. God's saying, yo, I'm the same God that brought you out of Egypt and you ain't have to do nothing. What makes you think that some of the trouble is going to come your way today? Amen. Um, that you can't trust me. So God's trying to get in their heart. Listen, your choice, God's choice of us is not about why God chose us, but who. And chapter eight, God basically tells them, don't get the itis. The itis is a disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know black people get it, uh, but I'm sure all other races do as well. When you eat a whole lot and you get real full and you get, uh, or, and, and you pass out, um, God's point here is, yo, when you get full on the land, when when you've been praying for all of these blessings and God comes through and blesses you, mm. the temptation can be for you and I to forget. Full stomachs tend to lead to forgetful hearts. Mm, and God's saying, don't forget. Don't forget that you ain't do this. I freed you from slavery. I fed you in the desert. I brought you into this land. Mm. He led, he brought, he fed. He gives, and uh, yeah, for us to be reminded that humbling circumstances are really just the most helpful canvas uh, for us to be reminded of the greatness of God, that God cares, God provides, God loves, Um, yeah, and he's the same God today that he was back then. That's so good. Amen. Uh,